Welcome to Faith Westwood's online service. We are so glad that you have taken the time to invest in yourself, in your spiritual life by attending worship with us. My name is Holly Timberlake. I'm the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship. This is a great time. If you are interested in joining a faith group, we'll be starting on September 13th um, with a, a sermon series called Be Weak, Be Strong, Be Long. We would love to have you participate. If you are interested, you can contact me at holly.timberlake at faithwestwood.com. And now we ask you just to um, be in a spirit of worship and continue to worship the Lord. Yeah. 
Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. Who's ready to think 3D today? Let me explain what I mean. Do you know why we call children's ministry at Faith Westwood 3D children's ministry? It's because we want to live like deep, daring, and daily disciples of Christ. Deep means we want to learn more and more about Jesus and our faith. Daring means to be bold in our faith as we serve and share the love of Jesus with others. And daily means that we do this every single day of our lives. And disciple means that we are a follower of Jesus. Today I want to talk to you about another important part of being 3D. What does 3D mean? Well, when you see a 3D movie or see a 3D object, it jumps out at you, right? It's not flat and it, you can see all the sides of it. Well, that's kind of like seeing somebody in person, right? One of my friends at Bible study described it that way. When we get together on Sunday, that we get to see each other in person, we get to see each other in 3D. And I thought that was an awesome example of how to explain it. When we get to meet in 3D or in person, it gives us lots of energy and it fills our tanks and we're able to encourage one another. Mr. Brian has told me that after my Sunday night backyard Bible study, that I'm a whole different person. I have lots of energy and I seem really happy, even though we have to meet socially distanced and with masks on. It just makes the week to get to see those people in 3D. Like I'm sure you kids feel when you get to go to school and see other people in 3D. We know that things can change quickly in 2020, but I think that being a 3D person is really important. And I know that we can do the same but totally different things to be a 3D person, even with COVID around. We've had drive-through events. We've had socially distanced projects and some small groups are even meeting outside to get together. What other ways can you think of to be a 3D person? So who's ready to be 3D? Be a deep, daring, and daily follower of Jesus and think of some creative and safe ways to be a 3D person and be there for others also. Have a great week and until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. I love you and I miss you. Bye. Today's scripture is Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with his sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. Before I get into the message, I want to say that uh, Tuesday evening, the staff and I are going to meet for a special session of our Hope and Healing Service, and we would like to have your prayer requests. 
So we invite you to send them uh, today. You can uh, do that just going to the faithwestwood.com slash service, and you'll see the link there for prayer requests. Uh, I remember back this, the summer after my first year of seminary, um, I started writing to a young woman. I had met her briefly in the winter before. I lived in Milford, Nebraska that summer. She was in Texas. So we wrote letters and talked on the phone occasionally. In late August, I left to go back to Kentucky for seminary, and I decided to make a detour through Houston. Talk about out of the way. But after one day spending with each other, it was clear that we really did not know each other. When it came to an in-person relationship, we were at zero. And we wouldn't be able to begin an in-person relationship because we live so far apart. So I left Houston, headed to Kentucky unattached, and a month later I began dating a young seminarian named Tricia Link. We've been dating for the last 41 years now. In all things, God works together for good. I know couples who have been able to sustain healthy marriages through times of long-distance living arrangements. But they already had a strong foundation of in-person relationship. Even then, long-distance relationships can be hard. We at Faith Westwood have been through nearly six months of long-distance relationship, haven't we? And it's been hard. It's been a strain. On September 13th, we're going to reopen our building for public worship with one service at 9 a.m. Uh, if you get our emails, then this week you'll receive uh, in, by email a list of what to expect. As you know, every message I bring you is based on Scripture. I preach Scripture. God has given us His Word as the bedrock of our faith. You know, our beliefs don't just come to us floating aimlessly through the air. As, as disciples of Jesus, the Bible is our authority for what we believe and how we behave. Sometimes, though, people take the authority of Scripture to unexpected places. Like the wife who insisted that her husband make their coffee every morning. She said it's the husband's job to make the coffee. He asked, why does it have to be my job? Why do I have to be the one to always make the coffee? She says, the Bible says so. He said, that's not in the Bible. What verse is it? She said, there's a whole book of the Bible about the man making the coffee. It's called Hebrews. Today's scripture comes from that book of Hebrews. Uh, we don't know who wrote it. We're not sure who it was written to. Why was it written? because these Christians are in crisis. They've lost the passion they used to have. Their spiritual growth has become stunted. They've become lazy in their faith. And now they're spiritually weak. Maybe they've been so eager for Jesus to return that they haven't developed a way of worship and discipleship for the long haul. They've also experienced some persecution. Some have had property confiscated. Some have been imprisoned. They faced hostility from the community and authorities, and it's wearing them down. Let's go to chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, 
Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, and, and the author's thinking there about the temple, where the Jewish high priest walked through a curtain into the most holy place, a chamber where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. This small room was the focus of the presence of God on earth. The high priest entered the most holy place only once a year on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, with the blood of a bull and the blood of a goat to sprinkle on the Ark of the Covenant. But the Day of Atonement was an incomplete remedy. That's why it had to be done every year. But Jesus made atonement once and for all. He entered not the earthly temple, but the true temple of God's heavenly presence, not bringing the blood of bulls and goats, but his own shed blood. That's why it says, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, meaning his self-sacrifice unto death. So we have confidence to come into God's presence to worship him, our calling on him in prayer. Verse 20 then expands the picture. It says, By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. So Jesus is not only the sacrifice, he's the like the curtain leading into the presence of God. And then in verse 21 we get another image. Jesus is also the high priest. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, and we are the house of God, the household of God, and Jesus is our high priest, so he represents us to the Father. So, you know, in these few verses, we get a triple image. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice, the curtain accessing into God's presence, and our high priest representing us in the temple. And because Jesus has done all this for us, there is now no barrier between us and God. That's why we have confidence to enter into God's presence. And I think, what a gift. And then verse 22 starts out, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Come near to God, people of faith. Jesus has opened the door at great cost to himself. Verse 22, I think, reads kind of like a Sunday morning call to worship. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. And we come confidently because Jesus has cleansed us. Just as the high priest would sprinkle atoning blood on the ark, so Jesus has sprinkled his atoning blood on our hearts. Our guilt is removed. Our sins are washed away. As the rest of verse 22 says, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, which is reference to baptism. In these last verses, we have what sounds like a lettuce salad because verses 22, 23, and 24 all begin with lettuce. The first one was, let us draw near to God. And the second lettuce comes in verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. You see, our hope is not just based on our own experience. Our hope is, is more firmly based on the person of Jesus, and he is 
faithful. His promises are sure. And so we, we hold unswervingly to this hope. Our eyes are fixed. We know who has us. He's the rescuer of the lost. He's the restorer of creation. And he relates to us even in our weakness. The third let us comes in verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Spur. That's an interesting translation. It makes me think of the spurs that riders wear on the back of their boots when they get on. They want the horse to move faster. Now that's a good image because the Greek word is not a gentle one. Some uh, versions translate it provoke or prod, but in a good way. You know, I think that happens to me sometimes. I see what you're doing to serve the Lord, and it inspires me. It kind of gives me a kick in the backside, and I think, maybe I need to do something like that. So, you spur me on. And then in verse 25, uh, we come to that, which tells us why this is being talked about. It says, uh, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Some of these Hebrew Christians had given up the habit of meeting with their sisters and brothers. Maybe they were busy or bored or bothered by something. And now they had new habits that didn't include worshiping with the church family. Of course, these last six months, we've gotten into the habit of not meeting together, haven't we? And we can blame the coronavirus for that. I'm glad to report that we had uh, had consistently strong participation in our online worship, though I would say this month it has slipped a little. And once we do reopen, I expect that for quite a while we'll have a larger online congregation than in-line, in-person congregation. And really, I'm okay with that. Uh, you do what you know works best for you. And I think we may have more people worshiping online until we all get a vaccine. But whether we worship in person or online, the truth is we need each other. We need each other. We need each other. And especially during this pandemic, the in, the in person experience we need and crave will best happen in a group. Because with masking and distancing, uh, when we meet for worship, it's not going to feel very fellowshipy. It's not going to be much of a meeting. That's why I say the in-person experience we need and crave will best happen in a group. Fortunately, we at Faith West would have a strong small group network. And over the last six months, I think it's our groups that have really kept us connected. I know my group, we met by Zoom in the spring. All summer, we've been meeting outside. And uh, since we keep uh, six-foot distances, we're okay not wearing masks. Now, if we go back to meeting indoors, we'll, we'll wear masks and keep six feet away. Uh, this has been the strongest summer for attendance for the group that I'm in. Uh, and that's partly because... You know, for a lot of us, this is the only in-person contact we have from our church, so it's become very important. On September 13th, we'll start a new fall uh, Sunday series called Be Weak, 
be strong, be long. And most of our groups are going to be going through it too. Uh, I also want you to have a copy of N.T. Wright's devotional commentary on 2 Corinthians, and that's going to follow the series. You can reserve a, a copy tomorrow uh, when you go to your Faith Connect email. Now, if your group meets by Zoom, then I say, make your group the best possible Zoom group it can be. Make it as much like being in person as you possibly can. This summer, I've been doing uh, some pre-marriage counseling with a couple, and uh, we've been doing it by Zoom. And I have to say, it's gone very well. But it helps that they are really into it. They really want to do this. I'm not sure that the Zoom sessions would be that effective if they weren't so eager. So, for your group, I will say Zoom will work, but you've got to be ready to make it work. We've been holding staff meetings by Zoom since March, and you know, amazingly, they've been really good. No complaints here. But this week, we're going to meet outside in person. I believe something vital can happen when we meet in each other's presence, even if we have to be spaced apart. Uh, in a Facebook group that I'm in, uh, a single guy posted this on Thursday, and so I want to share part of it with you. He says, I have been a faithful attender to corporate worship all my adult life. Now, I'm becoming unchurched. I enjoy my quiet Sunday mornings. I may go for a jog, open the hymnal and sing a song, even though I'm not a singer, continue to read my Bible and pray. I haven't lost touch with my Savior, he says, but I am losing touch with my Christian brothers and sisters. The truth is that it doesn't bother me. Maybe I'm the only one drifting away, but I really don't think so. Now, if he were in my church, I'd tell him that when the church reopens for worship, he may not feel that, that connection with his sisters and brothers that he's looking for. Masks and distancing will make that kind of hard, unless maybe he can visit with people in the parking lot after worship on his way back to the car. But here's what I'd tell him. The in-person experience we need and crave will best happen in a group. Here at Faith Westwood, we call them faith groups. And I'm not saying our faith groups are, are perfect. None of them are, really. But I do know this. God tends to show up many times in mysterious and marvelous ways when we come together. I'm reading a book by Jill Weber, who's one of the contributors to the Lectio 365 devotional app. She tells how, as a teen, she really felt the call to serve the Lord and the church in ministry. And she had some really positive, powerful experiences in ministry in those days. But she got married, and she was physically abused in her marriage. Separated back and forth a number of times. And by the time she'd been a single mother for a few years, this whole idea of a calling to ministry seemed like buried ruins. One Sunday, as everyone else left the church, she sat in a pew and cried bitter, angry tears. Here's what she says. There is a gentle touch on my shoulder, 
and I look up into the face of one of our pastors. Do you want to come to a back room and talk? I let her take my hand. She leads me slowly like I'm fragile and breakable, which I am. We sit down together. Her husband, also a pastor, joins us. You need to forgive, they say. You, you need to let it go, but first you need to name it. Say it out loud. You need to be heard. You don't have to feel forgiving. You don't have to feel anything at all. This isn't about letting him off the hook. It's about you, untangling you and setting you free so you can move on. Over the next hour and a half, she said, um, that's what I did. I recount every single detail, every unkind word, every impossible situation, every act of neglect or cruelty, and every hurt. Even the deepest and most shameful things, things I never thought I would say out loud. At the end of each disclosure, I, I pray a prayer of response they teach me. I forgive him, and I release him to you, Holy Spirit, and I take back the ground that has been stolen from me. Several times, she says, when I say it, I spit it through clenched teeth. My jaw twitches and aches. But I say it over and over and over again, each time I recount another painful memory. Finally, she says, it's done. All the pieces have been sorted, named, and reclaimed. As I look them over, I feel emotionally flat, but clear somehow, detoxed. My pastors lay a sacramental hand on me and release me with a blessing. For Jill Weber, this was the turning point in her life. It was one of those moments that I believe could only happen in person. There is something mysterious and marvelous about what the Holy Spirit can do when we come together in person. Let's pray. Lord, maybe we've become a little too content not being in community. You know it's easy for us to get lazy. Give us wisdom during the pandemic. Motivate us, Lord, to stay connected person to person so we can encourage each other, whether through a friendly phone call, a distanced driveway conversation, or going to group. Jesus, we don't want to give up meeting with our sisters and brothers. Show us how to do it safely. Keep us connected. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen.
please do not forget to stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service. Fill out a connection card and let us know that you're here. And you can also give us your prayer requests. The staff will be covering those prayers um, in a time of prayer together. And um, you can also give to the 2020 vision. And our mission offering this week is for COVID-19. Now this fund is being used to get our building and ever, completely ready for um, in-person worship. Um, hand sanitizer stations, um, sectioning things off so that we can make a really safe environment for you. So please give generously to that fund. And um, this week we encourage you to continue to be the relational church that you are.